0: FM 104, Sunday Night Live with Louise Tai.
2: Dumb's Hit Music Station, F104, Louise with you until one. I'm now joined by Connor Crichton, who's a author, coach and meditation teacher. Hello, how are you?
1: Hey Louise. I'm good. Thank you for having me on.
2: Thank you so much for cha- talking to us. So obviously I said you're a meditation teacher. How did you get into meditation in the first place?
1: Because I really needed it. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I think, Louise... Uh, I kind of first got into meditation in my early 30s, mm-hmm. and now my in my early 40s, and um, just um, I I would say that I was very much kind of a cynic, someone who didn't like like any touchy feely spirituality, even therapies and so on and so forth. It was very much someone who um, I don't know where this came from, but definitely believed that you just you keep on working through things, and you mm-hmm. that sadness was even sort of. Um, just kind of it was even somehow enjoyable in this romantic way, you know. Like kind of mm-hmm. being a miserable, being a miserable young git um, was just part of my lot, and um, and I, I just feel very lucky um, that I tried a lot of other different methods to get happy, you know, careers, relationships, and things, and none of them really, really worked. So eventually, I just came to a point where um, I was at rock bottom and. Thankfully, remembered that I had just got a um, uh, a free subscription trial thing from the Headspace <laughs> on Facebook really? that day, and said, "Okay, fuck it, I'll try this thing." And um, and already got something in that moment, in that very first moment of doing this very simple, childish kind of somehow um, very basic meditation. Already was like, "Hold on, this is a different way to approach my head." um i want to follow this
2: sometimes that's that's all it takes really isn't it that just that one step into something new and different maybe a little scary sometimes that's all it can take
1: completely yeah Mm -hmm. it is it is it's and i I think it's uh you know for so many of us we just we we don't give ourselves this permission we don't allow ourselves to try new things
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and like like i i always feel that i was the the ultimate creature of habit in that regard and um it it kind of and then then sometimes like we we do kind of um, we do meet sort of good fortune and it can be good fortune when you do hit like rock bottom and then you end up trying these new things
2: because sometimes it pushes you that direction it's almost like the universe is kind of going Mm -hmm. listen you know there's only one way that you're going to get better you need to kind of take that chance take that first step go you know it seems to be the world kind of giving you that shove and maybe that's kind of where meditation comes into it because it makes you stop and listen to those things before it's the universe pushing you out the door, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, w- I was wondering who, who's going to be the first of you and me to mention the universe in this <laughs> conversation. I'm glad it was you. <laughs> but but um, it's yeah, it's it's true. It's kind of um, there's there's a lovely um, there's a lovely philosophy in in the meditation that I study, which is all about kind of this idea of welcoming the unwelcome. Mm-hmm. And these these crises that we experience, and and God knows we're experiencing a huge one, and have been for the last year, um, present us with amazing opportunities to stop mm-hmm. in our tracks and and actually go, hold on, what if I just did something very very different here? And um, yeah, and and that's kind of I, I think very much um, a lot of these kind of big sort of marquee emotional moments in our life Um, seem like endings but they're often if we use them correctly you know the beginning of of the real beauty in our lives.
2: And is this where the book stemmed from then for you? This is it?
1: Yeah well the book is sort of um, interestingly enough I think the book is sort of what happens when you um, you pitch a meditation book and then Uh, a lockdown begins and you're left on your own to write this thing. So Mm -hmm. I just ended up, it it became a kind of a book more about me and then also (laughs) about meditation.
2: (laughs) It was probably Um, a good thing, though, because you probably took it in a different direction than if you had, have had a couple of people to bounce it off of.
1: Yeah, because all I had were the four walls to bounce Mm -hmm. it off, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) I was kind of, um, I I also think that's a lovely thing about, um, and I don't want to sound kind of glib here, but uh, for some people, I think like this has been an opportunity to experiment with yourself mm-hmm. and, and to surprise yourself. And I ended up writing something that was very, very personal and, um, you know, where I kind of wrote an awful lot about my family, wrote a lot about myself um, and kind of did it with um, from this sort of bubble of isolation. Uh, without any consideration of an audience and then it emerged and everyone was like oh my god that's a very raw book you wrote <laughs> and my response was, was it i i can't remember So it's almost like um, trusting
2: yourself giving your, yourself that that space to trust yourself i think i've spoken to lots of musicians on this show and they're similar they're kind of going i had nobody else to kind of so i just had to take my own opinion for it and so that was probably a similar yeah, similar thing yeah
1: and and in, but at another level too, Louise, like we we just had this the way we just had this chat before we went on air about how everyone gets our surnames wrong. <laughs> yeah. and, and and the only way the only way to deal with that is to sort of just allow it to be. Yeah. Um rather True. than 'cause it's it's exhausting if you correct everyone all the time. And that sort of that lends to this idea, which is very much a kind of a a hallmark of Buddhism and spirituality in general, that the less seriously you take yourself the more, the more pleasantly and fluidly you can move through life.
2: It's so true. It's very true, actually. Yeah, because then you just you ignore everything else and everything that's happening around you. So it's, you, it's you take
1: true. the pressure off. You yeah. don't care what other people think, um, and that's a joy.
2: And I must talk to you about your manual for men, so how to talk to men. It's mm. such an important book. Where when did you go? Right, we need to have this in the world.
1: So I, I've been running things called um, boys clubs for about seven years now, and I set one up in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, one I set one up in Dublin with Al Mazer, mm-hmm. and um, set one up in Los Angeles when I lived over there for a little while a few years ago. And um, they're basically, I started these boys clubs for myself. It was just I wanted to find um, other men, you know, to, who I could talk to mm-hmm. about real things, and by real things I mean like. How are you feeling? I'm feeling terrible? I don't know what's going on with me oh really like let's let's get into this um those sort of conversations where we can be very honest and vulnerable with each other without the usual kind of censorship that males place on each other mm-hmm. and 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 the book just sort of then became um was inspired by all these conversations that we had. And I just thought, wouldn't it be really useful to create a, a kind of a guidebook, a conversational guidebook for men who might not make these clubs? So I, I put this together with a, another member of the, the Berlin Boys Club, Cam Hazard, and um, we, we just we just wrote what we felt would be the most useful questions for men to ask each other. So things like kind of, um, what was your dad's childhood like, mm-hmm. or. Or if you were feeling um if you were feeling like depressed, would you talk to a friend about it, or could you tell your friend that you love them, and things like this, sort of simple questions but important questions that challenge an awful lot of the the rules that we men have in place to condition how we interact with each other.
2: Are these rules generational, do you think, or were they generational that have kind of now? trickle down
1: it's it's all generational you know like our dads taught us how to be men
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and it's if if you like for my own case you know my dad was raised in Belfast in the 60s um you had to be a hard man up there do you know what I mean there was Mm -hmm. no there was no way you could kind of uh be emotional or be or even allow like some sort of feminine aspects you had to be like when it came to like there wasn't love, there was just like conquest, you know there wasn't friendship there was kind of more just like camaraderie, and um, you didn't go to your friends about your problems and um and I know that my dad because um he's probably the man I know best after myself mm-hmm. <laughs> is is a very romantic emotional and loving person, yes
2: yeah.
1: but the the kind of the what he grew up with was sort of a he, he had to deny so much of this in himself in order to survive and then that was the kind of the masculinity that he taught me mm-hmm. and I also kind of grew up like you know sensitive lad like loved, you know didn't always like the heavy metal tracks preferred the ballads you know and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know like like the company of women just as friends even sometimes you know yeah. how bizarre and and things like that and um a lot of the time you kind of you question these things in yourself you're like oh this makes me less of a man or something and that's very much just that's sort of the generational thing it's -hmm. it's part of our education Louise
2: and how do you begin I suppose that personal change if you are somebody who's listening who's like I totally understand what he's saying and I kind of feel the same way what is the what is the first step I suppose for that change
1: just becoming aware of it just become aware of how much or sorry, how many of your decisions um, you're not actually making yourself, mm-hmm. but you're making in response to this kind of code of masculinity. And I, I think a very simple example is when you go to the supermarket, when you go buying clothes, um, that we men, we, we tend to always just buy things in black, navy, grey, or camo. You know, that's our colours. Mm-hmm. And um, I know for a fact that they are not all our favourite colours. But this is just sort of something that we do. Or like if you go to, you know, when we're, when we're at the deli counter, for example, maybe that day you want a tuna melt. But you're kind of figuring, oh, well, maybe I should get a chicken fillet roll or, or a bacon sandwich because this is what a man might do. Mm-hmm. do you know, so th- there's, there's lots of these sort of like, um, and I know they're kind of silly examples. I mean, the more dangerous example is I'm feeling really sad and really lonely. I better suck it up mm-hmm. because a man wouldn't admit those things. Um, And and I think it's just uh, recognizing how am I um, actually not being authentic here? How Mm -hmm. have I been conditioned as a man to just speak in a certain way and act in a certain way? And what would it be if I were to be entirely authentic?
2: Like with the meditation, taking more thoughts of what or taking more, is it interest maybe of what your thoughts are thinking or what your brain is saying to you?
1: I think it's I think it's um and I think this is where meditation and kind of like all sorts of transformational um, pursuits they they kind of they they harmonize they they come very well together yeah. like when you can just begin to introduce an element of doubt mm-hmm. into everything that you're doing, like the big thing with meditation is you begin to introduce an element of doubt into your relationship with your thoughts and you can recognize hold on this. I'm not creating this worry. This worry is just coming back in a loop Mm -hmm. all day long, like a a house alarm two blocks away, you know? And in the same way, you can go, well, if I'm not creating this, if this is just the habit pattern of my brain, then maybe I don't have to listen to it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the radical nature of meditation. You can just suddenly, through practice, it doesn't happen overnight, through practice, you can begin to just observe The negativity and the toxicity in your head. You can go. Hold on. I actually don't have to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And and the same thing can happen when you begin to look at um, your your relationship with masculinity. And you know you can you can then sort of allow yourself to be. Hold on. I can go get help for what's going on here. I can be vulnerable. Uh, I, I I can be soft. I can't express my emotions,
2: mm-hmm. and it's important too. And I think we are getting better mm. at it, but it just needs to continue to get better.
1: Yeah, totally. Like I remember, this, the, even like the first time I set up a boys' club, we were we were uh, it was like maybe seven years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it was very funny. A friend of mine had a flower shop, and she let me use her flower shop. And <laughs> so that. yeah, and I remember the first night, the two of the lads came along. And all we did was talk about um, women. We didn't talk about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was so it was it was almost like a first date. <laughs> we were too nervous. <laughs> to really easing into in. it, yeah. Yeah, and now like the last boys' club that I've kind of been a part of is the Dublin Boys' Club, and we were inundated with people who want to join these things. So this is something that's, that that um, is really growing in momentum. It's great. And it's it's beautiful. Men are kind of understanding. Oh, hold on, we can have a fully um authentic emotional life Mm -hmm. um, and experience all the things that maybe our our partners are experiencing as well and we can talk about them in this way and um and not live in the shadows as it were
2: Um, yeah Yeah. it's really really important so how can people find out more information either about yourself or about your books
1: well, um, the book is called This Is It, mm-hmm. and um, you, get, you, get it, you can get it from all your bookshops. Mm-hmm. I, I think go to your local bookshop if you can, because they definitely need a little dig out moment, after being yeah. closed for so long. So um, and um, and then also, like, it's, uh, on my website, it's just called Meditating with Connor. The, that book that you were talking about, the How to Talk to Men, one is available there for free. There's also a free meditation book there as well. Uh, if you're curious about meditation, I run courses all the time. Um, and for someone who should be a little bit more mindful of the time, I'm very active on Instagram. <laughs>
2: it's Connor <laughs> Crichton
1: there too, and um, the Dublin Boys Club also have a, have a website, and you can sign up there for the newsletter to find out about them too. Brilliant! Yeah.
2: So there's loads of different ways. Connor, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Louise. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Tai.